We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Up next, the latest on the Kansas State Wildcats from the guys of Three Maw, John Kurtz, Derek Young, and Cole Mandek, who will get you caught up on all things Wildcats from a collective perspective that can't be found anywhere else. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. Make sure you hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. Three Maw is proudly presented by 360 Vodka. And now, the latest on K-State Athletics. Hello and welcome into another Three Maw Pod. I am John Kurtz, joined by Derek Young of K-State Online, Cole Manbeck, former beat writer for the Manhattan Mercury. We are here to uh, break down a little K-State hoops. Fortunately, the Cats fall in Lawrence 90-78. to A uh, fairly sloppy game for the Wildcats that they were held at arm's length for uh, virtually the entire contest. After the first five to ten minutes, K-State never really seriously threatened the Jayhawks and now drop uh, out of first place for the time being. Have an opportunity to regain their, their claim atop the league standings on Saturday when Texas comes to town. If you need a little bit of 360 vodka or Ben Holiday bottled and bond bourbon to wipe away the memories of Tuesday, I don't do not blame you. Uh, so make sure to do that. Get stocked up. Our friends at Holiday Distillery bring you Ben Holiday bottled and bond bourbon and 360 vodka. Uh, great supporters of the pod, great K Staters. So please support those who support us. Uh, okay, well, a lot of things you could point to. Derek was in Lawrence. Uh, Cole and I smart enough not to do that, even if I was, you know, trying to inject some level of hope into Cole before the game. Um, but just I, I, it frustrating. Uh, I know that's that's obvious when you go play in Allen Fieldhouse, but frustrating to me just for self-inflicted issues. You know, I mean, I'm not coming out of this game. You see it. It's just like you play a game in Allen Fieldhouse. You're going to see the stuff about the officiating no matter what. Like, I feel like any fan base at this point just does it. I actually felt like that was – not one of the worst whistles I've I've seen K-State encounter uh, in Lawrence. I'm certainly not going to sit here and complain about that one. A lot of the issue was, you know, 10 turnovers in the first half that led to Kansas getting out, bombing some transition threes, jumping out in front of you. Um, defense not good for K-State and missed a bunch of layups in the second half. So uh, a lot of self-inflicted things, I think, D.Y., that uh, K-State has to point to here. Yeah, they certainly didn't lose that game because of the officiating, and, and it was probably – at least it felt one-sided there for, for stretches, but uh, I think the Jerome Tang technical probably cleaned up a bit of that, uh, to be quite honest. And the self-inflicted errors are uh, on the offensive end, I think, is what ultimately hurt Kansas State. Now you give up 90 points, you don't feel good about your defensive effort too. But, man, I already watched the game over again. And there were times where they didn't get back in transition, and you you don't love that. But aside from that, they kind of 
like poured into the scouting report pretty well. Like Grady Dick got loose a few, uh, just a couple more times more than you'd like. Jalen Wilson got free a couple more times than you'd like. But man, if you get stung on the perimeter as much as they did by Zach Clements, Dewan Harris, Kevin McCuller, Joseph Yesifu, then you probably feel like there's there's 20 points there that typically aren't going to be there for Kansas. It's just kind of like the Allen Fieldhouse mystique in that way. So I don't think what the paper says about Kansas State defense really tells the whole tale. I don't think it was as bad as, as what it looks like. Again, I think the issue is probably more that you probably lost that game on the offensive end. Um and, and in mul- multiple ways, uh, you, you can't miss as many open layups and dunks as KU gave you and, and expect to win. You make even half of those, and the game is within six or seven points for from for the entire night. And and maybe KU puckers up at one point, right? So you just didn't. You gave yourself a chance, and you fought hard. And most teams in that situation probably end up losing that game by thirty. So I, I give Kansas State credit for some of the metal that they did show and didn't completely, um, you know, wither away like a lot, like it would have been easy to do. They didn't do the the easy thing. So I give them a lot of credit. But uh, it was self inflicted wounds and missed opportunities at the same time. Yeah, I mean, look, KU shot forty percent from the floor. It, it felt like they were shooting better than that to get ninety points. But at the end of the day, Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick, their two stars, combined for seven of twenty three shooting from the floor. I mean, if you knew that going into the game, you'd probably feel like you have a pretty good shot if you hold those two combined to 30%. I mean, K-State did a tremendous job in both games against Grady Dick. You know, he went a combined 6 of 21 from the floor, and, you know, he went 1 of 8 from 3 in the first matchup, 1 of 3 last night, so 2 of 11 from 3 in the first two matchups that they played him. So they did a great job on him. They held Wilson down. One of the biggest differences in this game compared to the previous matchup in Manhattan was – you know, Kevin McCuller and Dewan Harris in the first game go a combined one of nine from the floor for three points. And in this game, I mean, not great shooting numbers, nine of 22 combined from the floor from those two, but 34 points. That's a, that's a stark contrast. You're talking about a 31 point difference and KU got more from its bench. You know, it wasn't a ton, but 19 to nine in bench points in this game. And in the previous matchup, K-State 31 to eight in bench points, obviously Desi Sills, was a huge factor in that. And so those were some of the biggest difference makers. D.Y., you mentioned it. K-State's offense, to me, was the biggest issue, not necessarily the defense, because the the offense led to so many of the runouts and transition and fast break points for KU that got them so many easy buckets. Um, you know, you give up 21 points off turnovers. 15 of those occurred in the first half and really just a really crucial stretch uh, from the 1039 mark to 247 in the first half, KU got 12 points off of turnovers. Um, K State had six or seven in that run that led to runouts. And that's where the game really flipped. K State was within three, four. Uh, and then a bunch of turnovers led to easy buckets for KU. And they got out and, and ran the floor really well and 21 to 12 in fast break points. So, you know, that, that that was what stood out to me was just those live ball turnovers that allowed KU to get out there. And then you mentioned it as well, D.Y., at the rim. K-State missed so many bunnies uh, in this game, wide open layups that they usually would hit. Six of 16 at the rim, 38% for K-State in this game. They were about 50%, 52% in the previous matchup in Manhattan. And not only that, Marquise Noel missed 
several threes that he usually is going to hit. Now you don't expect him to hit at all, but he went three of 11 from three and, and he had a lot of good looks from the perimeter that just couldn't get to go down. So at the end of the day, I really think it's, it's two evenly matched teams on the season and, and KU just made more plays last night. Yeah. I mean, I would say the Desi Seals, you know, was it 24 that he threw up in, in Manhattan? Desi Seals' effort in Manhattan is kind of akin to what, what Kansas got out of some of the reserves in Lawrence. And I think some of that just – you're going to get it at home a uh, lot, lot more often. You're going to get it at home from guys like that off the bench. And that could – I mean, you could really boil down the difference in, in the two games to that alone if, if you really wanted to. And, yeah, I mean, it was going to take – you know, I was kind of joking with you. I was like, hey – Marquise Noel going for 30 tonight. I mean, that's the type of thing that it would have taken uh, the way things went for K-State to actually be really legitimately competitive. And you look at the end of the day, I mean, he had 23, but you're right. It's the three of 11 from three. And that number is not even like totally wretchedly bad necessarily. You're talking about like a season long percentage or something, but it was, you know, th there were so many that were wide open. Uh, a lot of times it feels like Noel's taking tougher threes, tougher shots than, than what he did for the most part last night. Just, didn't quite have it, a little bit off. And uh, meanwhile, you, you've got Harris and McCuller and Yesifu and those guys uh, knocking them down. So that's that's kind of the deal, kind of the deal when you're on the road and playing in a place like Allen. I agree. And then, and then there's the problem stretch that happened with about, I think, I want to say between six and, and three or four minutes left in the first half when I think it's still a 37 to 32 game. Keontae Johnson's barreling down the lane, goes for a dunk, blows the dunk, um, ends up being a, a – you know, a fast break for Kansas and they score. You go back down. I think Noel takes like one of those insanely long logo threes that doesn't go down because it's so long because a long rebound. It's another run out for KU. They score. Then Keontae Johnson, I think, takes probably forces a three in the corner, I want to say, or, or just forces some kind of shot. Kansas goes down, scores again. Then it's followed by, I think, three or four straight turnovers from Noel. And Tomlin, I want to say, and all of a sudden it goes from 37-32 and you're about to get a dunk from Keontae Johnson to pull within three to in a flash, I believe it was 45 or 46 to 32. And so you're looking at what, man, close to an 11, 12 point swing there in a matter of two minutes. And the, and what makes that more significant is I think the closest they got after that was eight points. So that stretch, I think, was really what culminated in the night because they just couldn't pull any closer than just a few more points than that. I mean, that just kind of put it away for good almost. They somewhat threatened. I think the crowd got a little nervous one or two times when they pulled within eight. But like you said, there wasn't a serious threat after that moment. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the closest they came to like a serious threat after that is, you know, if there's there's one legitimate gripe with the officiating group that all okay. have. It's that Cam Carter should have had an and one that, that could have made it a seven point game. And instead uh, it was, it was a horrible, horrible call turns into a charge. Kansas went down. I don't know. Did they stick a three after that? I, it was like a, they at least got a basket. So you have like a five point swing there just in the snap of your fingers. And I don't think, look, enough was, as we've already discussed, enough was going against K-State the way the night was going. I don't have legitimate hope that they were going to come back and win the game, but uh, probably could have been a little bit more competitive down the stretch. Kansas was the better team. So, yeah, I'm not going to – I mean, that one stung because of the timing of it, certainly. But I'm not really going to put anything on the officials. So they weren't great, but 
No, I mean, no, don't, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not, I, I have no real, like I, Tang's, Tang's tech. I thought actually, I mean, that's, that's a positive thing. I think moving mm-hmm. forward, like a guy who commanded enough respect there to really switch things over. Uh, and, and I think you saw the, the seesaw tilt the other way after he got that tee and I didn't really have too much of a problem the rest of the way, but that was, that was one bad, bad glaring example. Yeah. It was a, it, just the timing of it was really, what well, was the most problematic. I mean, Kansas State was probably, I mean, they got, they got away with a couple things here and there too. It wasn't the greatest called game, but I didn't think it was demonstrably one-sided. I just thought Kansas was the better team. And, and I tweeted out several times. I know I told you guys in group chats as well, but man, if you look at some of the numbers, um, it's almost a little surprising if you look at the paper, the stats on paper, that this game was only a 12-point game. And it was like a 10 or a 12-point game the whole way through. Like Kansas had, I think, stretched out to 15 at one point, right? I want to say it was their longest lead. Uh, but, man, they led here. They led in second-chance points. They led in bench points. They led in points in the paint. They led in fast break points. And they let him points off turnovers. I mean, and they and they and they made more threes. I mean, if you literally clean up in every single important statistic, you would expect to win by more than twelve, right? And they and they didn't. I mean, if you look at points off turnovers, Kansas won by nine. Second chance points, they won by five, so that's fourteen. Bench points, they won by ten, that's twenty-four. Points at a break, they won by eight, that's thirty-two. And fast break, they won by nine. Forty-one point difference in those five stats that are usually the most key stats in a basketball game. Kansas outscored Kansas State by 41. They still only won by 12. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest biggest things as well was just the three-point shooting from the prior matchup to this one. I mean, they go 6-29 of 29 against K-State in Manhattan, and they go 11-27 of 27 last night. So you're talking about a 15-point swing and add-on in this matchup as well. They shot the ball much better from the perimeter, which was to be expected in, like, DeWan Harris. You know, K-State – followed a game plan where they're going to let Kevin McCuller and Dewan Harris, who aren't good shooters, shoot the ball. And they credit to them. They knocked down four combined uh, between the two of them. I think Kevin McCuller was shooting about 8% from three over the last five games. And uh, he hit a couple last night. So they stepped up and made shots. D.Y., you mentioned during that kind of eight-minute stretch I was highlighting in the first half with the turnovers, the 12 points off turnovers. I think you could you could actually argue it's more like 17 points off turnovers because of what you mentioned, the Keontae missed dunk. They go down and get a layup after that. They get a run out off the long rebound. And then he also had a, a missed layup in transition after a Marquise Noel steal that was wide open layup. And I shouldn't say wide open. There was a defender there and they end up getting a three in transition after that. <clears throat> so uh, that was, that was such a crucial stretch. They cut it to 54 to 48 in the second half on a pair of Desi Sills free throws, but then KU answered right back uh, with a two and a three followed by that. And, uh, look, if you guys are going to highlight the charge, let's use the official's name, Kip Kissinger. Um, you know, it's about the 10th time that Kansas State has had good old Kip this year and uh, getting a little tired of seeing him. But uh, look, that's just a problem in college basketball is these these clowns don't know how to call a block charge and uh, they have an obsession with calling charges. And so we saw it in Manhattan on Saturday, too, with Ray Natilly. So. It's a bad call, but that happens in every game because these these guys just uh, are really bad at understanding what a block charge is. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. The last thing, I'm, there's no moral losses here, and I'm not going to call the Kansas win a fluke, just like I, even though they they wanted to say it, just like the Kansas State win, you know, in the first meeting wasn't a fluke, especially when you can score when, and you could still win the game on Marquise Noel at four points and Jalen Wilson at 38. I think that I think there, there's no fluke there when Kansas State won that, just like there's no fluke here. But it, I think you can take a little bit of solace if you're if you're K State that you're still right there. With with the best program, with the best programs in the in the country, the top teams in the country. I mean, you lose that badly in those five stats by forty one points combined, and hang around in there by twelve on the road. Uh, things aren't going your way. Yeah, yeah, you'd like to be more competitive. A lot of uh, some of the other teams in Big Twelve have been more competitive at Allen Fieldhouse this year. I mean, TCU won there by twenty three, but I don't. I I just walk away not feeling terrible about K State's outlook, especially when they can go went at home on Saturday and still be tied for first place. Yeah. I mean, like it, it's fine. Like the, the big picture is fine. I'm not overly worried or concerned about anything in there. It's just, it's just, it's, it's frustrating as hell, man. I mean, it's frustrating as hell. You, you want to go have a good performance in that building. And it just feels like, um, I mean, like I said, like the times that K-State has come close, you know, Bruce had the two really close calls there in Allen. The, the times they've come close, it's been these teams that I'm a little more blah, about you know i mean k-state's best teams jacob Pullen, 2009 2010 i mean the 10 11 team um dean barry cam like big 12 championship year like the best teams k-state's had when you want to get yourself up for the game and jacked to, to go into the kansas game uh just have not let's call it what it is just have not been very competitive i mean so that 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 really sucks and folks from the kansas contingent can miss me with the this game doesn't mean a lot to them i mean that was the most, well, the first time in year. What was the story? First time in yeah, year. Yeah, the, the first time. The first time in over 15 years that they had so many students that they had to escort, you know, several of them out of the building to go watch it in the volleyball arena. Like, if you don't, this game doesn't mean matter. Doesn't matter to you. And why is this happening for the first time in over 15 years? Uh, and and I, kids, good team. They won that game. You know, not calling it a fluke, but like, just miss me with this game doesn't mean more to yeah. you, but obviously it does. Yeah, it's great. It's great that it's a that it's a rivalry and that uh, both sides are fired up over it. It's better for the sport. It's better for the rivalry. I just uh, said it many times. Uh, clearly, this game means a lot to KU and just the arrogance of that fan base. Not not all. I don't want to paint them with a broad brush, but a lot of that fan base that tries to say this isn't a rivalry or you know they don't care about K State. It's just not true. Just stop with the ego and the arrogance uh, that they come out with and, and act like it is a rivalry because it, it shows, I mean, the way they showed up last night, you know, it's, they care. K-State cares. Let, let's treat it like it is. It's a rivalry. Kids, State's won football. How many years in a row? 14, I want to say 14, right? Well, yeah. I think it's, 
it, isn't it when it 13, but it's been 15 years since Kansas has actually beaten K-State? Well, either way, I guess my, my point is, is like Kansas State still cares a lot about that football game. Like no one's hiding that. That game matters. Yeah, well, it does. Well, I mean, look, I, I don't even know that we want to go down that road because they would flip it around and be like, well, you know, that's what happens when you have an elite basketball program and you have a football program that's not in the same stratosphere and everything that Tang was talking about. But, I mean, whatever. I'm just – I'm not here to discuss that. It just – it was a big game. Uh, I, I just want – that is a place that you want to win. It's a place K-State has not won in uh, 17 years. So, I'm just I'm, – I'm a little sick, a little sick of it. Uh, and, and want to, for once, see two two good teams like K-State bring a really good team into Allen Fieldhouse and be able to be competitive there instead of a throwaway. I mean, look, it was great that, that Wolders won there. That was awesome. But, like, cool. What what did that really mean? You know, I want to I want to do it in a in a way that is significant. Jerome Tang is, is going to win in Allen Fieldhouse. I, I mean, I, I get all of that. It's certainly frustrating, though, to be fair. Uh what KU's lost under in Bill Self 16 times in Allen Fieldhouse. So we're talking about what 20 years worth of basketball. So not not most teams haven't even gone in there and won. Um, but it is frustrating that you know a team like TCU can go in there and win by 23, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, where's the I, I guess we got the one fluke out of the way back in 2000 and was it six? I forget if it was 05 or 06, whatever. We got the one fluke out of the way then at the beginning of the Bill Self era, but like you can't, we can't just walk into one of those. Like, why, why does TCU? I mean, screw off TCU. Like, save well, some of the rest. Of the I, I do think part of it is it's just how you know geared up KU gets for the game and Lawrence sure. against K State, and they they do play out of their mind on on many of the games. I mean, they credit to them, and K State at times clearly doesn't play well in this matchup and Lawrence. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, well. I mean, you're right. They're fine in terms of the Big 12 championship race. And, you know, I have not left either Ames or or Lawrence, like the two really difficult, the, the two most difficult road trips you're going to make in the league this year. Not left those games being like, oh, this team, you know, can't hack it on the road. They're not composed. I mean, I still think their road resume is fine. The, the TCU game being the one that that is the huge blip on the radar. But now, I mean, you're going to get TCU again next Tuesday uh, without Mike Miles, it sounds like. And then you're going to get Texas at home on Saturday, two teams that are in that group competing for the Big 12 title. So you can continue to use that uh, that atmosphere that Bramble just built up this year. I mean, you've got every opportunity to go out and win the next two games and, and be in prime position to, uh, to to be in the Big 12 race down the stretch run of the season. Yeah, I mean, Texas is really good. I mean, I think I, – I don't know if I said on here, but I thought for a couple of weeks people were kind of sleeping on a little bit on Texas because they thought maybe they were – at the bottom of what many consider to be that top six when you have Iowa State, KU, K-State, Texas, Baylor, and TCU, and everyone's like, yeah, there's probably everybody, and then there's Texas. I thought Texas is pretty good. They still are. I think people were probably maybe waiting for them to slip up without Chris Beard. They certainly haven't. Maybe that's also good for K-State in terms of the whole Jerome Tang thing and maybe not having to deal with that drama because uh, if they keep this up, Rodney Terry's probably not going anywhere. They're, they're first place all alone in the Big 12. That's why Kansas State can go into Manhattan – Bramlage Coliseum. I'm sure it's going to be rocking on Saturday. Defeat Texas, and you're right back to where you want to be um, with another big home game on Tuesday against TCU. Look, um, as bad as that sucked, and, and Chris, you laid it out as why it sucks as bad as it does losing there um, as often as it, as as it has happened. You know, in the last 16 years, um, case of the six remaining teams, does K State have the easy schedule left? I mean, they already played 
the, the you know, I talked about that top six. They already played those five teams on the road. They get them all at home now. Yeah. No, I think that's a huge point. And if you sweep Texas, the number one team in the league, you had a tiebreaker over them, right? I mean, of course, everybody you know gets a share. But, but I digress. It's to sweep a top 10 team in the country would be huge. And obviously the road win at Baylor, as you look at the other teams in the league that are in contention for a Big 12 title and you look at where they still have to go on the road, like look at KU. They got to go to Iowa State on Saturday. KU's got to go to TCU. They've got to go to Texas. Uh, you look at Iowa State, they've got to go to Baylor, they've got to go to Texas, they've got to come to K-State. Uh, you look at Texas, Texas hasn't played at Baylor, they haven't played at KU, and played KU either time, uh, they haven't you know, played at K-State, etc. So uh, they've got a lot more difficult road games than K-State has, and I'm not saying that these are going to be easy road games against Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, none of us are, West Virginia, et cetera. You can uh, lose Texas, any Texas, night. Texas Tech just yeah. fell out. Uh, yeah, uh, Texas Tech just fell out. That place, that, I mean, they might, I mean, last year that was the best home court venue in the Big 12. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. K-State's, you know, with that ranking next to them, they now have a target on their backs, uh, and they're going to get a lot of teams' best shots when they go on the road. So it's going to be very difficult. Look, if they could win one or two road games, and these last four, I'd be I'd be very happy. It's hard to win on the road, obviously, in this league. If you get three or four on the road, you're in a pretty good position if you can protect your home court. And I, I still think I think 12 and six at worst is going to get a share of the Big 12 title. I mean, I, I just can't see a team in this league finishing better than 12 and six the way it's set up. I think you have a shot at 11 and seven to get a share, but 12 and six, I, I think you definitely get a Big 12 title. So if you break that down, K-State six and three in the first half of the Big 12, can you go six and three with an easier schedule in the back half, right? That That's the thing. And again, it's going to be very hard, but uh, I, I like where K-State sits. If you can beat Texas and TCU, you're in a really good position. You're talking about eight and three in the league with two more quad one wins, uh, giving you seven quad one wins. Uh, look, if this team gets to 11 and seven in the league, they're going to be a three seed in the NCAA tournament with that resume. Two things for me real quick is one not too proud to say that kansas state got baylor and waco at the right time because if you get them now it's probably not as for a fortuitous um spot but that hey that's that's a spot of the schedule everyone probably benefits somewhere along the lines of that i mean who just who just got uh you know mike miles uh not with tcu the other night and kansas state's about to get that too but it's at home and not in fort worth and and then the other thing is there's a reason why the S, none of the SEC teams beat the Big Twelve beat any Big Twelve team on the road on Saturday this past Saturday it's it's tough to win on the road in the Big Twelve the the environments at least because maybe it's also because Kansas State has a number next to their name and a high one but um, the environments that I've witnessed and walked into this year because I go to every Kansas State game on the road um, are unlike anything that I've seen since I've covered Kansas state and that's since 2017. So it's been six years. It's not like I've covered the team for decades, but um, every single team is getting up. I mean, Kansas had overflowed to where they had to have students watching the volleyball arena. Uh, Iowa state students are wrapped around the entire Hilton Coliseum waiting to get in. I mean, Kansas state has a target on their chest, but, and, and, and that's why they're seeing these types of crowds. But I think it's also just played in the big 12 and that the fans of the big 12 recognize that they get to witness the best basketball every night. And now they're starting to take pride in it, just like the SEC does with football. I think that's all fair. I think that's all fair. Anybody have closing thoughts here? Anything else to add? Cole, you good? 
I just think K-State, I think K-State's going to bounce back, and uh, I think they're going to beat Texas on Saturday, and we're going to be feeling great. Uh, think about that, 19-4 and four, uh, if they beat Texas with the resume that they put together. And, and then I, I like their chances against TCU if Miles doesn't play. So, um, yeah, if you could get to 20-4 and four and 8-3 and three in the league, man, I mean, you're already locked in the NCAA tournament at that point. Yeah, it's, and it's a good spot to get Texas, too, because they're kind of like riding high a little bit right now. I mean, they've been playing really basketball, aside from the loss to Tennessee, obviously, but that wasn't in the Big 12. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting them in the Bramlage environment because they did not handle Ames very well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm hopeful hopeful that you can get Texas to uh, to wilt a little bit there. I, I don't know if K-State has a Caleb Grill to come around telling their bench to call timeout or, or whatever. I don't know if anybody's going to jump up and do that, but anyway. Uh, okay, Drinker 360 Vodka, your Penn Holiday bottled and bond bourbon. Get ready for the game on Saturday, K-State and Texas. Uh, make sure you're in Bramlage. Tweet me, at J.O. Kurtz, if, uh, if you got a ticket that you're not using and you want somebody to use it. Let's, uh, let's find a home for it. So, anyway, for D.Y. and Cole and Jed Marshall behind the scenes, I'm John Kurtz. Thanks for listening to another Three Mall. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.